for joining us again. Today we're going to take on one, Jared, that my brother made some comments about in between text messages about Corey Feldman. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking singing once he, once he took five minutes off YouTube. <laughs> Yeah. Scouring for every Corey, Corey Feldman musical performance he could find. Correct. Which gathered a lot of laughs so oh, during that absolutely. period. absolutely. Just a side note, is he still... Is that current? Yeah. Because, he's fuck, still he's still going for, going for the Michael Jackson curl the, at the front the, of his the hair. The Comeback King was about six months ago, wasn't it? <laughs> so, like, oh, clearly it didn't do its job. No, no, no. <laughs> it hasn't sort of come back anywhere. No, it hasn't come back anywhere. I believe one of his lyrical lines was... I stand my ground, I gotta walk yeah, away. I gotta stand my ground, gotta walk away. Um, That's contradictory. Which one? <laughs> which one, Corey? Yeah, yeah. Pick one, pick Corey. a stick, mate. <laughs> Corey. Corey's gone off the fucking reservation, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's gone fucking Burko. Yeah. Yeah. Less said about Corey. But, than yeah, do yourself a favour. Right next to Vin Diesel for uh, acting musicians. Oh, yeah, right up there. Definitely. I mean, has Vin Diesel been had had an entire baseball club fucking apologise for having him there? Because <laughs> until he's done that, he's clearly not not yeah top of the pile. Uh, Vin's Vin was Vin was um, somewhat coy about his musical <laughs> exploits. Yeah, and I think Vin's like the gorillas. <laughs> he's, he's not real. <laughs> he doesn't do yeah. he doesn't do actual gigs. No, no. He does virtual gigs. I think so. Well, I'd say. And, right, is, uh, and does not when he's asked to, asked to do <laughs> 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 He's not fronting up with a full fucking... <laughs> like a full suite of gear to get out and they wonder what you're doing. We just wanted you to sign some autographs. Yeah. All right. Okay, so today's episode is the new uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Mm. My brother made an extremely... <laughs> Okay, a rough call. <laughs> I mean, I believe his message was, was it, why, why, what is the worst Nightmare on Elm Street film and why is it New Nightmare? <laughs> no, no, that was about a, about a Hellraiser. Oh, well, I think it was more succinct. I think it just said, um, rewatch New Nightmare, piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, something like that. All right. He's a man of few words. He didn't get some elaboration on it, but... I had I just thoroughly disagreed immediately. I said, "No, yeah. what are you? What are you on?" I mean, I gave yeah. Freddy's Dead Zero. <laughs> you and Corey have been on something <laughs> together, I think. <laughs> but Luke was pretty adamant, I believe, about this. So mm. we, we decided we'd have another look. Yep. See if perhaps we got it wrong. Right. So it's New Nightmare. This mm-hmm. is the episode New Nightmare. Okay. Before we get to that, what have you been watching? Anything? Not a great deal. Mine's been slim of, as well. I've been slim. Couple of entries. I was hoping to go see cocaine bear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I might do it later in the week. Yeah, unfortunately, I've heard it's not, not I, very good. No, too, I heard it's so all that's uh, that's unfortunate. I watched From Beyond. Oh yeah. I've been sniffing around for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's know, a weird unit. Charlie Bed. That sort of that sort of crew. That is a weird unit movie. That it is a bit odd. I mean, it was all right. Entertaining enough, but yeah, fucking, there's lots going on, <laughs> lots to pra- lots to process, lots to unpack. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Is that um, all about the fucking pituitary gland and all this sort of shit? Yeah, weird. one of the glands. And I, I think he, I felt like I needed to sit down and, and talk to somebody afterwards. Was there <laughs> some erotica and shit in there? A little bit too? of that, yeah, a little bit of that, um, mm. bordering on, bordering on smart at times. Yeah, yeah, strange <laughs> film, strange. 
but yeah, it was interesting enough to, to see. Outside that, I spent a bit of time, more TV time. Mm. Tales from the Territory, still working my way through that. But a couple of really good episodes. Um, there was one on uh, the Hart family, essentially, the, the wrestling yep. that they used to run in Canada, which contains numerous very amusing impersonations of Bret Hart's dad, the majority of them coming from Bret Hart himself. <laughs> but yeah, Bret Hart was excellent in that episode. He comes across really well and yeah, quite enjoying it. I don't know how, many, how much legs this has got. I could see it one being season? a one-season thing mm. um, once they kind of go over the territories because all the big stories they kind of touched on in Dark Side of the Ring anyway. So, yeah. uh, But we'll see. It's, it's entertaining for now. And the other one was Wreck. I am oh, up kept to up? The, the second last episode. Where are you watching Wreck. that on? Because I couldn't find it. I view. ABC. Oh. Um, My sources have mis- let you down. Yeah, they have. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable enough. It's not. It's more. I think it's kind of more venturing into the a little bit of drama, sort of comedy, oh, as necessarily than the slasher. slasher. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I think it's pretty good fun. I could have done with a little more gore, and but I guess you know. The TV slashes are, are not necessarily known for ramping it up in that that sense, so I guess I'll just enjoy this one for what it is and and hold on for the next season of Slasher. So yeah, yeah to I'll, get my gore fix. Well, that's what I was going to say. Slashers managed to get that done yeah. pretty well. Also, make may get a few laughs out of David Cronenberg's <laughs> performances. Correct. Uh, those that sort of shit. So agreed. I I want to check this one out. But yeah. You sort of. You've tempered me just a smidge. Yeah, yeah. I would say go in with the expectations that it's it's not bad, but it's it's probably not gonna not gonna hit any home runs for anyone. But yeah, enjoying it for what it is. Okay. And the comedy does does hit a few times. There's a few laughs in there, especially from one of the blokes, the big kind of buff head bloke in there. It's pretty funny. No, that's Um, everything. That was it. No, mine was very short too. I watched started Drive to Survive season five on Netflix. I just I cannot stop laughing at the. There's one of the team principals. He's a mm. German, or he's a German, or a, his name's Gunther, mm. and they just constantly cut to him, and he just goes fuck. It's kind of they just cut back to the action. Like he's, yeah. he's constantly got issues. Which works with for me. It does. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. I see they've tried to uh, recapture the same sort of thing with a golf docker oh, series. I was going to say, uh, as I said to my wife yesterday, I said, "What the difference between tennis, golf, and Formula One is high octane." Yeah, you don't have that. Imagine she's a touch slower. The fast cars, if you're chopping it up into forty-minute episodes, yeah, that shit works a treat. Yeah, I don't need to see a guy hitting, going pin high. (laughs) I'm not going to get excited about. I can't imagine that everyone quiet, (laughs) and then cutting to someone going fuck, and then back into the course having the same sort of impact. (laughs) No, no, not at all. So I started that, and Jared, after you sent me a. Bloody disgusting! <laughs> told me the five best Bigfoot pictures. It almost sounded it. like they'd been listening to us Correct. and kind of responded with an article, Adam. <laughs> I said these two fucking bozos need to. We better just give them something. There was a couple on the list that are a bit old. Yeah. I noticed Boggy Creek and, and Boggy Creek and um, Night of. I can't remember the Night of, Night of the Demon. Demon, that's it. They're they're old and probably very difficult to find. I think. I'd seen one on there called Exist, mm-hmm. which is a found footage one. Yep. Which, as I said, had really some really good moments, uh, and the found footage works a lot with Bigfoot. You kind of see him lurking in the, you know, yeah. just off, you know, the camera sweeps, and then there he is. Unless it's the Lost Coast tapes, and 
there's no Bigfoot in there. Oh, but. yeah, that's always problematic. <laughs> or, but, but as the film goes along, it fucking gets out of hand. So I decided to jump on Abominable, which was on YouTube with some Greek subtitles. So I can handle that. I was, I was double-handling, so to speak. It was all right. Yep. It was okay. all right. Um, I better like, get on there. It was more what I would have expected yeah. of that type of film. Yep. It had a pretty good cast. Lance Hendrickson was in there. Jeffrey Combs was in there. Mm. The guy who plays Jackie Childs from Seinfeld. So I was expecting, you know, this man's you turn this man into a wretched <laughs> twisted freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, but, thought, I, I think it would be uh, only natural for Jackie to cash in on Bigfoot's wretched. And it did, did sort of look like they only had the actors for short stints. They also had uh, Dwayne T. Robinson from Die Hard as the sheriff who pronounces in the film, I'm going to go hit the head, I'm about to give birth to a monster. <laughs> I was like, yep. That's why you hire him. Good. <laughs> he lives the line like that so yeah. well. Like, I truly believed he was going to go shit. Yep. <laughs> but overall, I would say to people, that's that's one to, to check out if that's you're, if you're a Sasquatch guy. Because yeah. cause the whole Sasquatch <laughs> thing has become like... It's the almost like one of those things like... that's hit... You know, when you get a famous character that's hit um, public domain mm. and people go nuts on it. Well, Sasquatch, obviously, there's never an ownership on that, so it's kind of like that. Every person with fucking a camera and 500 bucks is making a Bigfoot movie. <laughs> but... You'd think there would be a better strike rate. There might be one or two good ones. But I just, I just haven't why, found them. Why can't a filmmaker of some quality get us a Sasquatch film? <laughs> well, the whole fucking I think, thing. You know, I think you've just answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said Sasquatch. As soon as Sasquatch. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah no, but okay, like, why can't a second tier filmmaker <laughs> get us a Sasquatch film? Well, figure? you hear that, that idea that they had for the Van Damme flick. And I thought to myself, that wouldn't be too bad as a fucking cheap little action flick. I think someone like Blumhouse could do... Something with You get someone with a, with a fucking reasonable idea to, to toss something out there. And But yeah, I don't know. Just well, I would say spend some time on YouTube. You can get... Abominable will give you... Good. Get get time, money. I'll get some time. Uh, yeah, it's kind of rear window with Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. They're talking about selling it. Talking about the elevator pitch. Busting in to, to an executive and saying, hey, shit, I just got a couple of minutes of your time. Well, how does rear window with your foot sound? Get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> What about Die Hard with Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry. Bigfoot's the problem, you tell me. Oh, okay, fuck. All right, I'll work with something else. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1994's Wes Craven's New Nightmare. After ten years, Wes Craven, the man who brought you your most frightening nightmare, returns at last with a terrifying new twist on horror. Critics are calling it the best nightmare ever. Wes Craven's new nightmare. Miss me. Wes Craven's new nightmare? 
from 1994. Written and directed by Wes Craven, who gave us my soul to take. <laughs> and produced by Marianne Madalena, who produced Cursed. Can't believe you did him dirty like that. Look at out of all the things you could pick. <laughs> we all know he did Scream. I mean, you could have Michael. said Vampire in Brooklyn. I could have said, like, a deadly friend, <laughs> deadly blessing. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. It stars Heather Langenkamp as Heather Langenkamp. Mako Hughes as Dylan. David Newsom as Chase Porter. Tracy Middendorf as Julie. And Robert England as Robert England slash Freddy Krueger. And but, according to the credits, Freddy Krueger as himself at one point. <laughs> yeah, look, so we got two meta there. The budget was eight mil. The box office was 19 million. Director Wes Craven had intended to ask Johnny Depp to make an appearance as himself in the funeral scene. Craven never worked up the courage to ask him, but after the film's release, they ran into each other. Craven asked Depp if he would have made an appearance, and Depp said he would have. Mm. And Craven should have asked him. This mm-hmm. was pre-someone shitting in his bed. Pre- <laughs> yeah. and all that sort of business. So yeah, Johnny was flying high at this yeah. stage, I think. Now, now I don't think I'd ask him. <laughs> Unless he, unless he was playing Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared. Luke gave us a, you know, pretty much a, a, a small sketch of what he thought. It was shit. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Elaborated very, you know. Limited Bradley elaboration, but said it was shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. um, where, where do you stand? Luke's wrong. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> I'd like to sit yeah. down and have a beer with Sounds him. Sounds good. Talk me side <laughs> out. Sounds about right. Because <laughs> I'm sure he'd have some, I'm sure he'd have some thoughts and... You know, as is, as is Luke's way, after one or two beers, I'd probably be sitting there going, geez, maybe it is shit. <laughs> yeah, it's about everything. But and then I'd snap back to reality and go, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. Um, How'd you feel? I think it's very good. At the time, nothing was going on like this. Mm. So as a way to bring Freddy back, it was a fucking fantastic idea. And I think some of the ideas around censorship and, and the impacts of this stuff on kids and yeah. the people that make the movies and stuff like that are really well explored. To Well, some of them are really well explored. Yes, agree. And the real-life stuff actually adds some weight to a lot of it. I think it could have gone a little further, and there's a few issues around the impacts on certain people and... A couple of things about Freddy that we will, I'm sure, will discuss that, discuss oh, at yeah. length. Oh yeah. But it seems like a, a prototype for what came after. It seems like you know, you watch it now and you're like, yeah, it's, it's almost like the prototype for for him going into scream and kind of ironing out some of the stuff or, or or going a bit further with certain things. And mm. so I ended up at a three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's very very well worthwhile. I would go as far to say I'd probably say clearly one of the top three in the series. Oh. I don't think you could uh, you could sway that's... me on that unless, you know, after two beers, Luke's got me thinking Freddy's dead is oh. the best one or something. <laughs> yeah. Look, for me, there was no, to me, if, if I'd have just seen Freddy's dead, there was nowhere to go with Freddy. So to find this type of film that goes kind of meta and different outside of the box of what Freddy was... Um, was is a breath of fresh air for the franchise. Let's be honest, mm. um, and for the most part, succeeds in what it's trying to do. Yeah, which is difficult considering it is quite dense in terms of plotting. But overall, I think they get a lot of it right. It's the end that I don't like. That's mm. the bit that 
lets it down. To me, for the first 80 minutes, I was fully invested. Hmm. Fully invested in it and was looking at the three and a half range. Yep. I gave it a three because I thought it's it's like you, you wanted to hit a homer, but you hit a in-the-park three-bagger. You know, yeah. It's close, but it's not quite there. And it's that end that lets it down. Yeah. Uh, among you know some there. some bad special effects and some some things where and I'll really get to this I'll dig into this as we go into it because there's something I need to say about Freddie that I didn't think I would have said something you got to get off your chest I got to get it off my chest I mean piece of shit is not what I'm trying to get off my chest yeah. but what I'm trying to say is that there's something about Freddie that I felt like even after yeah. I watched this previously I wouldn't have said not a piece of shit time. but a couple of grievances to air I got some errors. To Correct. air about. Correct. This is where, obviously just recently coming off Halloween ends and the discussions about how, you know, taking a big swing as a filmmaker. Hmm. This, this is proof for me. I've got no issues with that because you can't take much bigger swing than, than what they took here. Correct. But this one still managed to have a cohesive story and we didn't fucking wrestle Freddy in the sewers <laughs> and things like that. Only. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's... I mean, this is this is kind of like a nice counterpoint to that for me because Correct. It's, if people, you know, tell me Halloween Ends is great because they took a swing, I'm like, no, it's... it's you can still do I that. I appreciate have, the swing. Have a cohesive story, something that fits with the films before and and doesn't necessarily kind of forget, forget about them. Yeah, it may have some issues with them, but... The way that it kind of makes its differences don't necessarily shit all over them, and yeah. Um, and, and look, Halloween yeah. ends is the, the the direct opposite for me. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that they took a swing. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact they went for something totally yeah. outside of. But, but they fucked it up. But just that doesn't make it. Good yeah, movie. it doesn't make it a good movie. It just they fucked it up. There were there were angles that could have gone on Halloween ends that doesn't make it quite so polarizing if mm. they'd have taken the approach. All right, straight out of the bat the gate. For the likes, there's the whole premise of him coming alive in this script, and that Craven's writing nightmares into the screenplay, and then all that kind of stuff, bringing Freddie into the real world via all this, and having the actual actors play themselves, and all that stuff, and how it impacts on them, uh, how the horror films impact on the kids, and all that stuff. It works really well, and as I said, it's super dense. Like it's way denser than I would have thought for any of a, any of the Freddy pictures. Yeah, it was a pretty. It's uh, ballsy. I mean, pretty fuck, ingenious I way come... to bring him back in in the face of, you know, we've said the last one was the last movie. It didn't do well critically, but there's still a there's still an appetite, you know. So no, that's right. Um, as a way to, and I also like, you know, I mean, it gives me some good vibes that that, that the the filmmaker and the producer kind of buried the hatchet beforehand yeah to to bring him back into the series well that's kind of a nice little well that's what I mean some coin change yeah, yeah but Bob Shea did right he came back and, and yeah. said let's talk about it obviously he's got a the motive to get another Wes Craven picture under the belt but the fact that he fucking sat down they yeah, had a they they had a Frank discussion, I believe was how Craven said it was a it was a, it was a frank discussion and I will go no further than that but yeah, as you said, some money changed hands. He made right and said, "Let's do it again." I think that's that adds a nice little kind of backstory to it as Correct. well. Correct, and I think um, it plays. It, it's it's nice the way it plays out with those those people in it. Yeah, specifically, but it's kind of. Um, I mean, it's 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 a creative way to bring him back, but it's also a very good vehicle to talk about 
some of the ideas that he was going with, which is to me is one of the strongest bits of the movie, the stuff that he's getting at. Some of it he doesn't go all the way with, but he constantly brings, you know, there's a handful of themes that, that are in there that are really strong and, and handled quite well for the most part. Yeah, agreed. So, I'm, you know, I'm talking about the ideas of, obviously, the actors and the creators living with being attached to something. Someone like Heather Langenkamp being attached to that and, you know, whenever you're introduced, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. And, oh, yeah, what else did you do? Fucking no one knows. Like, it's, yeah. it's you know, delving into a little bit around the idea of the, the harm that it can do to children or supposedly, you know, the harm that some people say children will suffer if they're watching these movies and Wes Craven's kind of point of view of, well, no, it's it's the real world shit that you got to deal with rather than the movies that are causing the issues. Mm. And then, you know, of course, just, just in general, the idea of kind of controlling the nightmares by addressing the shit that's going on in real life. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like, all that stuff is really good. Yeah, I, I think some of it's stronger than others, but I think in general... Just the, just the fact that he addressed all this shit and put it all in the movie was was awesome. Yeah, and it's directed really well. Hmm. Like the guy was ten years past the original Elm Street, and it shows in the quality of his his actual directorial skills. Like yeah. it, the movie looks great. There's a bit more money to it, and it shows that he can he could be more. He could do more. Yeah, with what he was doing, but the, the the film has a really good sheen too. It looks great, mm. and I I appreciate that. I think that that you know, shows the growth as a filmmaker, and you know, no surprise, Scream. You know, it was the peak of his, of his powers, so to speak, yeah. which, only, which came two two years later, I think. Yep, two years. Scream. Oh, um, Vampire in Brooklyn was wedged in between, I believe. Was it? Yeah. Fucking hell! How did he get the job? <laughs> I actually read a little that. bit about that, and it turns out like Eddie Murphy was a bit of a. Craven fan, yeah. So he got Craven on board, thinking this guy's going to make it scary. And Craven came on board and thought, "Great, I get to do something different, make it a bit funny." Yeah. And so everyone had different ideas. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> so Orson, Orson Murphy was involved in that one, wasn't he? The opening dream sequence with the, with the glove coming alive, mm-hmm. really cool. Yep, I really like that. And, and the way that it sort of starts with the originals beginning of yeah. kind of constructing the glove and stuff like yep. that. And then the way it just, uh, they think it's not, not working and then it cuts him on the hand and then it suddenly just goes apeshit and starts chasing him around. Yeah. I thought that stuff really worked out well. Good way to set the tone. Yeah, it was cool. Creepy, but, and then it's a dream sequence, you know. So I like all that. I like, really liked all that. And the fact that it came in, it, it, she came back in and there was an earthquake. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot, and and that's something I really love is having that kind of stuff in the background. Yeah, the earthquakes constantly. The yep. whole idea that she'd been stalked, mm. you know, being an addition additional little sort of pieces that sort of worked around with the Freddy mythology that they still had. Yeah, and again, adding backstory, right? That they took the stalking stuff from real life. Yeah, but as Wes Craven points out, he says it kind of started to happen after a after a fucking bland sitcom and it was yeah. after that not the horror movie that it kind of kicked up yes yeah, that's, that's um, interesting isn't which it? he kind of says is is like ironic really but the earthquake stuff too the fact that he'd written it into the script and then the earthquake happened just around the time the shooting begun yeah which gave him the opportunity and obviously it was a pretty pretty dramatic sort of situation and pretty full on but it gave him the opportunity to get all this background stuff that really kind of 
Elevates sends that them home, up. yeah, because yeah. they're using the, the earthquakes to kind of mix in with Freddy coming back. The fact that she's driving around and all that shit is falling apart and mm. it actually adds a bit of weight to it and adds a bit of weight to the whole, you know, you're not safe where you think you're safe and all that sort of stuff. And Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the talk show sequence. Yeah, that was really good. And the fact that she kind of looks at him as he's... He's doing all this and it's in slow motion. It looks like yeah. that, oh, you are all my children now. Yes. You know, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yep. Because that's actually from part two, is mm. it not? And also talking about, like, you know, things that they've actually done. Like mm. getting posed those questions on talk shows themselves. Yeah. Um, Robert Englund basically doing what he fucking does at conventions and shit, carry it on. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really good, that sequence. And as you said, it kind of kicks, kicks things off with with Heather Langenkamp kind of starting to... There's this unease there before it's really started to get yes. into into full gear. It also shows a bit of the fandom. You know, the fandom into Freddy and, and the whole thing with the the limo driver saying, oh, yeah, the, I get to meet the stars and all that yeah, sort of shit. Yeah. The sleazy limo driver and yep. all that kind of stuff and how the kids love that shit, you know? They yeah. Love Wes Craven actually pointed out that if you look at, the, look at it, it's like, all the kids dressed up as Freddy and cheering and stuff like that. And then a bunch of kind of parents, yeah. a bunch of kind of clearly a lot older people sitting near them. And he kind of said, that's exactly what it's like. When we did those talk shows, you had the people that were there kind of, you know, wagging the finger. And then you had their kids kind of as soon as England came out, go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was quite a cool scene. The dream sequence uh, of Chase falling asleep and dying in the car. Thought that works out nicely. Yep. Just to see the ha- the, the glove, the, the finger knives come out of the seat, and then yes. they leap up and yeah. and then he it's obviously seen as a crash where he fell asleep at the wheel, mm-hmm. and all that stuff's kind of peppered in there with him kind of, and then trying to fucking stay awake singing and stuff like that. Yeah, I so dig I, that. <clears throat> I really liked that, and I actually thought that scene was pretty well done. When he had a had a fucking ball scratch double. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Apparently, well, yeah. Well, he wasn't yeah. prepared to scratch his own nut on camera. <laughs> no, because fuck. I watched it on uh, on Never Sleep Again. I watched the chapter on New Nightmare, and he goes, "Yeah, per- they they cut it. They they fucking filled in this little shot of scratching my nuts, and I, it wasn't even me." And then Craven starts giggling and goes, "Yeah, we just thought we'd add that in, but he'd finished up by then, so we got someone else to scratch his nuts." And then the guy in the in the film starts pretending he's upset and starts going, "Where's?" That is not how I would scratch my nuts. This is how I do it. Stand up and start scratching his nuts on the camera. So. I thought you were going to say he was too fucking shy to scratch his own butt. <laughs> yeah, no, on I'm camera. not going to scratch my <laughs> I was thinking to myself, you could get me during lunch scratching, <laughs> yeah, yeah. scratching my fucking nuts. You'd say, I'm not going to scratch my balls on camera. And then two seconds later, you'd catch me just acting, you know, oh shit, is that rolling? Fuck. The director would be like, don't worry, there'll be fucking plenty of material. Just wait. Just yeah, wait him yeah. out. There's plenty of material. <laughs> that stuff where she turns up to see Chase's body at the hospital, there's something really uneasy about that. Yes. That There's, there's corpses on fucking gurneys in the hallway. Yeah. It yep. feels like it's meant to be a dream. Yeah, I thought she was going to start looking at him. There was yeah. a second where I was like, because oh, I hadn't seen it in a while, I'm like, does she start lifting him up? And I was I was ready to start saying, Jesus, have some respect for the dead. Yeah, Come but on. I've got a dislike for that entire sequence. It involves respect for the dead as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
It'd be good to see Kenny work in the morgue before he picked up his camera gig for Gail Weathers, <laughs> yeah, that's too. that's right. Obviously had a few bills to pay at the time. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, again, it's, I think it's just a combination of the, the kind of... It's, the, there's something uneasy about the, the way it's shot. The scene they put together, everything. the lighting, the way yeah. that Craven shot it. I think, it, yeah, it all works pretty well. Hmm. Really good scene. Not what I expected at all. Because mm. I thought she was asleep again. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I thought she's fucking asleep. Well, that's the that's the strength of the movie. That's why they do it. They're doing that whole... the whole asleep-awake thing with real-life yeah, yeah, movie. Real life, like, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think that actually works really well for the, the whole awake-asleep... It does. Indeed. ...ideal yep. <clears throat> that, the film, that the other films used as well. Yes. The funeral scene where we kind of first see Freddy. Mm-hmm. But the creepier bit is Chase. How he kind of falls towards her and his eyes are bleeding and yeah, he says something yeah. like, stay with me. Yes. Like, that shit's weird. Like, it's 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 very much not quite what I anticipated. Yeah. The thing I like about Freddy in that sequence is it's it's at the part of the movie where they're not overdoing it and it's working really well. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you only see him for a couple of seconds and yeah. then the glove and then it's, as you said, it's Chase and... Freddie's only there for probably 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know, that stuff really works. And also, you know, you get the cameos in there from... Uh, Who was in there? Nick Corey. Nick Corey. He's definitely there. Well, he's goes by Isu Garcia now. Nick Corey was a stage name. Oh, was it? Yeah. So, Tuesday Night, I think, was in there. Oh, okay. I didn't see her. But yeah, I'm disappointed he didn't fucking we didn't get it up yours or something. Even just a, even just a up yours, twirly lawnmower. Yeah, get that guy out of here. It's not appropriate. Yeah, he's just fucking screaming. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was again just shot in an uneasy kind of way where you're constantly thinking, are we in the dream? Are we not? Are we? You know, like that. That again. Much like the the scene at the morgue, same sort of same sort of setup. Yeah. The scene where Dylan climbs the top of the rocket ship, mm. and then he actually says to her, "God wouldn't take me." God wouldn't take me. Yeah. Which, Which I, believe... I thought was kind of again, that kid's a creepy kid. Yeah, yeah, and he's, you know, for an actor of his age. He, I reckon he still stands out as one of the, the most memorable ones. He was in Pet Cemetery. He was in Pet Cemetery and this, and was always quite good and quite creepy. And Even when he's doing the voice, it sounds a bit like Donald Duck. I was still kind of like, it's still yeah. a little bit creepy. But yeah, and I think that, you know, tied in with his dad singing Losing My Religion and stuff like that. I think Wes Craven was tossing themes in there of, of your faith and figuring out that your prayers aren't answered all the time and shit like that. That was a thing. It doesn't seem to be a drop Yeah, it, doesn't, it wasn't touched on a lot, but in terms of coming back to her saying, you know, you gotta, you got to pray to God or whatever, yeah. and him saying God wouldn't take me, that's, that was fucking very, very effective. And then not long after that, in the next scene or whatever, we, we learn from Robert Englund that he hasn't told me about the script, but he mentioned something about he's up to where... Dylan reaches for God or something tries yeah, to touch yeah, God. Yeah, yep. And so you realise that the script is being currently is at the same spot of yes. where things are happening. So I like that. It just again it sort of showcases at this meta angle. Yeah. It's it's really heavily invested in it. Again, felt like something they could have played with a little more. Yeah, but, a little bit, but, yeah. But yes. They do use good, it enough. Like like it's it's in there enough to be sort of successful. Yeah. In what it's trying to do, but yeah, a little bit more interest because that that's an interesting angle that that the, the 
the script is kind of writing itself. Yeah. And the bit where they're having the conversation and Craven's standing next to the computer and they finish the conversation and you see that conversation yeah. on the page. On the, the page, computer. yeah. Yeah, as you said, it was quite well well handled as it was. But uh, a little bit more might have fleshed another, another, Just a little, little more. Freddie's glove cutting through the bed and then hovering over her while she's asleep. Yep. Thought that was cool. Again, it sort of had a little bit of that stuff from the first film. Yeah. Like the bathtub and that. Yeah. A little, bit like, a little bit like that. Certainly did. We finally see him when he bursts out of the closet and says, Miss me. Miss me. Which was a nice way to introduce him. Yes. And at that point, it's more Freddy, you know, without the wisecracks, trying to go for a, you know, take it back to the original where he's not, not so much making gags. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and and again, he hasn't been seen for an hour. Yeah. We barely have seen him. Mm-hmm. We know that he's there, we know that there's something wrong, but we don't see him at all But mm. in that early period. Yep. Which I think is effective. It's better to not to have so much of him. Yeah. And I, feel, I, I kind of felt like the film didn't necessarily need him. No. Deeply I think, at that point. Like, I felt maybe a touch more. But I thought the points where they used him were excellent, mm. especially probably my next like the the babysitter. Yeah, when she gets killed, dragging out the wall, and and you you kind of go back to the original, but you see Freddy this time. And I love the way um, she he sort of he sort of stands up behind her and he kind of fucking towers over her for a second. And the kid yeah, goes, yeah. Look behind you, and she looks and there's nothing there. Yeah. And he's flashing in and out. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, they're calling back to that scene pretty clearly. But in the original, we didn't see him doing what he's doing in this one. So it's kind of a nice way to take that and just make it a little different. Take it a little further. I I very much enjoyed that. I thought the road crossing was pretty well done. Apart for some some shitty VFX there at times. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I think it was reasonably exciting. Yeah, it uh, was. Intense, you know. They, it sort of throws in a bit of action, which is not Wes's forte, mm-hmm. but it, it's handled well enough. Yes, definitely. You just mentioned it there. It feels like most of the practical effects are all right. Yeah. Some of the CGI ones are a little off. I feel like I've million got... dollar budget. I mean, fuck. Yeah, I've effect. got some... I've got some Negatives, but I feel like in general, as you said, you take the the budget into account. I think the practical effects for that for that sort of era and that budget, not bad. In general, I've got I've probably got to have them in the likes. Yeah, I agree. Not I agree. strong, kind of like you know Tom Savini esque. No, Friday but they're 13th. but they're they're good. They're but decent. they're good enough for really some effects heavy scenes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And he pushes the envelope. Yeah. Uh, he's got more money, but it's still not big, big money. No. So I appreciate the fact that he pushes that a little bit further. Indeed. I think this is my favourite sequence in the film, is when she starts talking to John Saxon and he starts calling her Nancy. Mm-hmm. And then she says, why are you calling me Nancy, you know? why?" And he's like, why are you calling me John? And then the next sort of we cut away for a second they're both dressed like they were in the first film yep and he's wearing the police badge yep that's fucking awesome and that it starts to look a little different yeah. it looks a little bit like the first film and, and then we turn the around music, and the fucking house is there the music comes in yep 1428 like, that is, is really really cool that was excellent and that was I think the peak of 
the whole asleep awake yeah. movie real life. Yeah. I, I thought that was excellent. That was well played. And then then while that's happening, as she's heading back into the house, Freddie's birthing out of the bed. Yeah, and she kind of accepts the role, and that's yeah. the point where he kind of... Comes he, in. Yeah. He's in. And that stuff's really cool where he, he comes out of the bed and, yeah. and then he gets out and, yep. you know, they kind of, the music swells the and shit kicks in his hand. Yeah. Like, that, really, really well done. I think that's the, the, the pinnacle of the picture. Like, I, at that point, I was like, fuck, I'm fully on board here. Yeah. That was the point where I was thinking, this is charging towards a four-star effort for yeah. me. But then... Didn't, didn't quite get there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think... Say what you will about the last section. Yep. But his lair as a whole is a pretty impressive feat of kind of design. Oh, yeah, yeah. For for the fact that most of it was actually there. Yeah. It's pretty impressive what they've put together again on a... On a, on a slim budget. Slim budget. And I think that I had no issues with the lair. Because to me, that was kind of what he was saying, that Freddie was like folklore or... Yeah, or, and or I think they actually did. You know, this is the stuff. Fairy that, you know, tale. This is the stuff that you don't see. I, I believe they actually did do a lot of research on early kind of art and poetry and things like that to get the whole concept of hell and yes. what, what hell was in different different cultures and different um, different stories. And actually added a bit of that. And actually, they had really spoken s- about fairy tales, Grimm's fairy tales and shit yes. like that before. Yeah, which so, I've got something to say on, again, another one of the, another one of the things I think turned out pretty well. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you see two seconds of that, like the water, for example, I believe they went back to, like, Dante's Inferno and, and I can't remember the name of the, the guy, but poems that described hell, basically. Yeah. And they came back to this idea that you, you kind of thrown out there on out of like um into water yeah which is why that actually happens and stuff like yeah. that um so you know when you get a bit of that backstory you kind of appreciate the lengths they went to again i don't think that means the sequence works by any stretch but just no. looking at it and seeing a few behind the scenes shots of what they actually put together you're like fuck they've done they've production done a fair bit of work there production design fantastic yeah but again i didn't have an issue with the lair because I felt like they were going in a different direction as to what yeah. Freddy was. Yeah. So it wasn't a boiler room. It wasn't, you know. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a boiler room, but thing it that had things that fit that yeah. kind of aesthetic. But we knew that this was a slightly different version of Freddy. Mm. So I accepted that quite well. The issues more come down to the. I'll get to. I'll get to. Well, <laughs> yeah, performance. We'll get in there. We'll some of the there. things in there that I didn't like. Well, look, we've got a bit of digging to do. I really like the fact that she she you, 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 she enters that via his bed. Yes, yeah. Like, I thought that was cool, because I had that sequence before, roll, rotates back, where he says that, you know, the little dinosaur protects yeah. him. Connects to like, the kid and the yeah. impacts on the kid. Uh, I mean, all that stuff was really good. It came back around to what, what they'd spoken about previously. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. And I liked the whole, you know, take the tablets... Yes. As you go down. Like the breadcrumbs yep. in the story and stuff. Again, really yep. cool. Yep. The last thing for me, because, as I said, I've got issues with the finale, is just the ending where the script is there. Yeah. And, and she he starts says, to read, read it. to me. And, yeah. and she reads it to him. I thought that was, again, a nice way to kind of bring it all the way back. Yeah. Finish it. It kind of, it kind of ties up her acceptance of... 
this is this is not such a bad thing being yes. in these movies yes. as an actor and, that, and allowing him to hear about um, it rather him than stopping him from watching the films and all that. Yeah, sort of stuff. which then kind of also comes back to Craven's commentary on on censorship and because there's um, a really cool instance in the hospital where the doctor says to her, "Has he been watching your films?" Yeah, you know, and she's like, yep. "No, his father just died." And that character was named after the head of the MPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, because um, I like that. Again, it was pointing out that that's yeah. not the trauma. Yeah, the yeah. The trauma is his father's just died. Yeah, correct. But it's you're more... mixing this up. You're saying that seeing these horrible movies, yeah, these horror movies, and he's having like a breakdown essentially. But yeah. she's pinning it all on. Oh, he he, he watched saw one your, of your movies, saw your film, yeah. aren't you? That actor, the, yeah, yeah. And he, so I think her reading the script is that is Craven's kind of stance on. No, no, you, you sort out the... It's it's the real life. You look after the real life stuff. And I know he's very strong on... Censorship. And it comes out very clearly. Like, his idea is that cultures previously, and humanity in general, have always processed, you know, scary stuff and things that are tough to deal with in art and movies and mm. stories and stuff like that. Which comes back to the Hansel and Gretel, right? I believe when you see the book, the Hansel and Gretel, she's got red and green stockings like Freddie's sweater. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of saying this demon, you know, it's taking a form. And obviously, when you get to Freddie's lair, the parallels are there, that it's yeah. essentially the same thing. Like, Freddie is the witch, right? Like, every culture, every era's got Has always its had men. Yes. Which is a way to help us process shit that scares us and control it a little bit, which comes down to exactly what Freddy is in the movie, right? Which I think the ending, reading the script, just ties that up really neatly. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I love the fact that she sat down with the script and started reading. I thought it was just a really nice touch and a really good way to end it. Yeah. I had a couple more. Just mentioning the, the old players again, we, we spoke about a couple of them briefly, but, but it's it was just nice to have them in this kind of piece. Mm. Miko Hughes, who, as we said, has kind of found his own place from being in this movie and in Pet Cemetery. He's in a similar position, right? Can probably, not necessarily getting as much high-profile acting work, but can still kind of go and do the convention circuit and things like that. Mm. I think Heather Langenkamp, her acting performance is far better than it was the original. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. She's really, really good, and I think perhaps that has to do with that she's fucking processing some of this shit. Yeah, agreed, agreed. In real life And look, well. this was sort of like the tail end of her career, wasn't it? This was the end of pretty much it was her. the end of Elm Street for her to this point. But, uh, but I think she, even her career, she stepped away from it. Yeah. Not long after that. Yeah. Because I think I think her husband might be a real effects, effects man. Guy. Yeah. Yep. So they went into that sort of side of the... Yeah, the productions and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, I think she's good. Well, I, I thought, yeah, good. I thought her performance was Saxon, excellent. Saxon's the guy for me. Talking about trustworthy, Fucking just, hell. just you, you know, can trust Johnny Sax, mate. As you know, Robert England mentioned, the bloke had been fucking through about four renaissances by this point. Was working with Tarantino, oh, coming back from West like just I doing, love him. Doing, doing and, a bit and of everything. He has that sort of fatherly quality about him when he's he John does. Saxon. He does in the film. Yep. And then when they switch it back to him being. Nancy's father. Yep. It's still there, you know. Still, you still feel a bit like it was '84. Correct. You know, so I, I, it's great to see John Saxon. I think he's he's a he's a really big positive for me. Yeah. And I've saved this one for last because I don't think it's possible to put it all in the in the likes. I think there's portions that I would put in the likes and portions that are firmly in the dislikes. Mm -hmm. The redesign. 
Of Freddy. Of Freddy. I love the coat. I think the coat's great. I like the coat. I think that, that that's a, a good look. He actually looks bulkier, too. He looks mm-hmm. a bit kind of... A bit thicker. More menacing, <laughs> a bit thicker. Looks like I mean, been, he looks like he a... It looks like he's been on the protein shakes. He looks more. like a, a flasher in hell. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gonna give you a bag of lollies. Yeah. That's <laughs> sort of bullshit, you know? But no, the coat works well. <laughs> Take a look at this. <laughs> Yeah, the coat... Just go away, Freddie. The, co- <laughs> um, the coat works really well, yeah. I think. But to me, it's the only good addition. Well, see, I don't Because mind... he seems to have long boots on. No, no, no. Well, I don't mind the clean sweater and the green hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they actually look Because his good. sweater's not all ripped the up. His sweater's not all ripped and burnt, which comes back to the whole... The, you know, the, the demon is kind of... Has enjoyed being Freddie... And wants to kind of stay that way, but obviously there's the, the, the their own touches to it. I know some people hate that, but for me, I no, thought that was the, the clean sweater and the green hat that was I thought, fine. looked good. And the jacket will hold. We'll hold on. We'll hold on the other part. <laughs> on the other part. I agree that those things kind of do work. Yeah. For Freddy, and they give him a little bit more presence um, in some of the sequences when he appears. Yeah. Well, fuck. He wears the coat better than the creeper. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. All right. So dislikes, Jared. Dislikes. Do we go into the redesign elements? Yeah, just immediately. You know, nice little segue. The glove is fucking awful. The glove like, looks I, terrible. I, I believe Craven is quoted as saying he made a mistake. Yeah. It's shocking. For number In, number one, the, the Why blade did you on have the, the blade thumb? on your thumb? I mean, I believe it made it difficult for England as a performance to have the fucking so blade surely on Surely when your fucking performance says, this doesn't seem right, yep. that you might take it off. But... There's one sequence where I think it's one of the ones where the glove is coming out of... I don't think it's the one where it's in Heather Langenkamp's bed. I can't remember exactly where it is, but there's a sequence where they, the glove's coming out and they show it from the front and the back a couple of times. It looks awful. Yeah. it's What, what is it? It's not robotic. No, it's That's bone. the first one, but it's like bone. And it's it like sucks. bone coming out of his fingers, but you see like the... It kind of looks like veins, but they end up looking like... Like wires, it sucks. <laughs> like okay, it fair sucks. Enough, fair enough. Like everything about that sucks. Yeah, not happy with like, that. Not happy. With why that. not stick with what you know? Yeah. That glove is iconic. Well, I could have done with it. with it being the kind of robotic one that they that in the start attacked him. I couldn't have. Well, no. I could be like. In, I'm not saying that that's better no. than the original or anything, but compared to the bone one, yeah, I, I would have preferred the one that attacked him at the there start. There were problems with yeah, yeah. with that glove. When you're redesigning a character like this, it feels a little bit like Craven maybe wanted to distance a bit further from the other sequels. He did. Perhaps. And maybe he just kind of got that wrong. But the makeup's no good. But he could have distanced. Like, you distance with the coat and the hat, and that yeah. looks all right. But the glove should be exactly terrible. the same. Yeah. I think it was such an iconic part that if you want to do that, then you've got to still have the metal blades and stuff, but just beef it up in some way. Make it look cleaner and slicker like yeah. you did with the, the, gla- yeah, the, coat. the coat and suit. The makeup's no good. Mm. Like, I think the makeup's no good. Yeah. To me, you hire Kevin Yeager. You get Kevin Yeager back to do the type of. Yeah, but Kevin Yeager says, what's your budget? And then he goes, ooh. Hey, Bill. I know. Kevin's got time. Yeah, but around that time, there's a couple of other projects probably throwing money around. Probably, but what I mean is Kevin Yeager's version of Freddy is probably the most iconic one between 
two, three, four. It's it's. I don't think it's a makeup issue. I think the makeup could have worked. I think it's a it's a concept yeah, design. The yeah. fact that they went from okay, well, he's not going to be burnt now because he's having this kind of yeah, he's kind of idea like his, of what he wants torn. to be. His face so is it's supposed to be that his skin is like tearing yeah. apart, which. I mean, okay, but when but you look it didn't at it, quite work. it just doesn't doesn't quite work yeah. as well. Which is which is disappointing. Yeah, because that's you know that's an important part of the Freddy thing, and I felt this this film would have still carried very well even if you just gave Freddy the similar look yeah. that you had given him previously. Yeah, but the big ticket item, who the fuck told who thought Freddy should wear leather pants? <laughs> Fucking Freddy Idol. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And fucking knee-high boots. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the guy was fucking auditioning for kids. <laughs> we, we watched Brain Scan and we said, this is a fucking cut-rate Freddy. And then Freddy decides, I'll take a couple of fucking fashion tips from the, the trickster. trickster. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> Yeah, bloody fucking... <laughs> what was the thing that uh, his mate called him in, in brain scan? Oh, fuck, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> sausage, <laughs> sausage dick. Sausage, sausage dick. <laughs> you fucking sausage dicks. <laughs> Freddy's a fucking... Freddy's got a fucking bird sausage. Bird sausage dick. Yeah, no, no, this time it was a ripped, ripped dick. Sausage it's dick. already uncomfortable. You put leather strides on. Oh. Especially in that heat. Come and on. <laughs> You're in hell for fuck's sake. He is chafed up like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> You're wearing board shorts, Freddy. <laughs> okay. The, key, the film's probably too long by maybe 10, 10 minutes. 10 to 15, yeah. yeah. Yep. I think there's a bit of sag in the middle. There's a bit yeah. of sag. There's and a you could have probably filler. tightened it up. And it, I think it's also a little bit... It kind of is pulled in a couple of directions. We get a couple of sequences with Miko Hughes. We get a couple of sequences of Freddie and yeah. Heather, just you know directly with Heather Langerkamp. We kind of feel split. Yeah, between and just those a two things more, in the middle, they don't feel cohesive. And a, a little bit of tighter editing and saying, "Well, we don't need some of this. We, mm. we just chill, chill a bit of that out." Well, that you, would have uh, been you getting on Patrick Lucio there. Patrick, tighten up your edit. <laughs> Fuck, mate, we've talked about this. <laughs> and some of your other films. <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, the non-actors. <laughs> yeah. Fucking non-actors. I think it's fair to say Wes certainly did his best work behind the camera. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. And Bobby Shea did his oh, best work yeah. far away from the set. Uh, yeah, what? I, I believe Bob Shea is a fucking leather-clad idiot in <laughs> Yeah. The gay, he's the gay more part two. He's more convincing as the leather clad bartender than he is as Bob Shank. <laughs> Work that out. <laughs> There's a bit in the fucking thing with Bob Shay where the phone rings and it's supposed to be kind of scary. Yeah. And Bob's fucking reaction to that phone ring is yeah. just <laughs> it's like he's holding a fart. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's I read. Horrible. Uh, I read. Uh, it was about ten pages in that Wes Craven book that I've got about New Nightmare. Mm. <laughs> he said uh, it was an interview with the with the author, I think, and he said Bob Shea saw the dailies and started tossing around reshoots after he saw his own performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I appreciate the fact that Bob saw it went fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? 
toss him a fucking gym suit and the bloke's in, in he's, he's putting on a performance yeah, yeah, yeah. look at that I mean toss him a gym suit and he fucking comes out of his shell but he, in, his own, in the comforts of his own office you can't, you can't ask him to act convincingly like I mean like if I win Wes Craven I'm just saying going Bob fuck fuck <laughs> you, you act like a human yeah yeah and then you've got Sarah Risha. She's only in it for a second, but still, yep. you know, there's nothing convincing about any of that. No. Craven's not, really. not much good. No. And I feel like I would have cast them. I would have given them the same names. I said, Bob, can we get someone that fucking looks like you to come yeah, in for just, a day? <laughs> anyone. Anyone. <laughs> so that stuff kind of pulls you out of it because yep. they're not very good actors. It pulls you out of the actual stuff that they're selling you at the start, yep. which, which is disappointing, because that stuff's good. It's good stuff. It is. It is. Bob <laughs> uh, Shay. And yeah, we talked about that scene in the morgue. I mean, talk about having some professionalism. You're fucking carving some guy up with a fucking saw <laughs> in front of her, and then saying, "Can I help you?" Or you need saw. <laughs> Wouldn't you be going, get the fuck out of here, you shouldn't be saying this. Yeah, and the other bloke, I mean, um, Kenny's eating a sandwich while the other bloke's hacking away. Is he putting it down on a piece of grease food paper? If it's Smoko, we're all on Smoko, because I don't want blood on my fucking sandwich. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fucking send that shit over here. Like, I didn't ask for extra meat. Yeah, like, I hope morgues don't run like that. No, Legitimately, you, hope not. you have to go to a front desk yeah, and be allowed in. And there's a lunchroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lunchroom. And nobody's being carved up in front of an audience. Correct, correct. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, we missed the deleted scene where he said, Can we get a fucking front desk? Because yeah, yeah. I'm sick of this happening. Anything all. at all. That was metal walk straight in. <laughs> Oh, the line, hey, Dylan, ever play Skin the Cat? Mm. Oh, my God. You cut that. Like, there is no reason for that. Is it Robert Engel- Engel's fault? No, it's <laughs> the fact that Freddie, they had taken back Freddie back to a base of of being a scary yeah. proposition. You need to bounce those lines off. Like, I remember, remember there was the old story about The Simpsons, how they used to write an episode and they'd throw a gag in. Hmm. And if, when it went through all the writers' rooms and rehearsals and stuff, people stopped laughing at the gag, well, the gag was cut. Yeah. I feel like Freddie's lines are like that. Correct. Some of them just get to the end and you think, nobody's listened to this and said, cut it. Yeah. And I feel like Craven's a guy who would have cut this. It feels not really in keeping with what he was doing. No. What he was wanting. No. So, yeah, I couldn't stand, I hated that. Yep. Some of the, the visual effects of Freddy in the clouds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that wasn't good. I thought I was watching Freddy's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had, look, that was one of my exceptions to the having the, the effects in the positive. Yeah. The other one was when the glove's coming through the chair. Mm. The glove looks all right, but there's computer effects to make it look like it's kind of going through water almost on the seat. Yeah. Shocking. And I mean, very early in the piece for this stuff, but it yeah. doesn't look good. Yeah. That one would fit in there. And, yeah, I think I mentioned the one... I think it is actually when Heather Lang camps asleep, but the glove coming out is where you get a good look 
in front and behind the glove, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. really hurts. It's hanging over her like yeah, that. It doesn't look doesn't look good at all. But yeah, the large Freddy over the highway was the shortiest bit. Because even I think they even made a massive the the, the finger that yeah, it is actually was a actually finger. a massive finger. Yeah. So again, the practicals win win the day, yeah. and all the Freddies coming up on the other side. Yeah, I that liked right. that because yeah. they didn't again. It, it was quick enough that you didn't get good looks at, at yeah, exactly. the faces and stuff like that. So, some of that VFX didn't work, mm-hmm. but again, it was 1994. Yep. So, I'll cut that a little bit slack. I've got another bad line, too, which is early in the movie. Huh? Yeah, like, I think it's after the first earthquake. They have the aftershock in the kitchen, and then the babysitter comes in, hmm. and Heather Lagercamp says, did you just feel an aftershock? And the babysitter says, oh, no, a big truck just went, went by the house. <laughs> I thought, how big? <laughs> was it a tank? Exactly. I thought to myself, like, why didn't they just say, have her say, no, I don't feel anything. <laughs> like, yeah. You sit there yeah. going, do you think oh, I'm no, no, sorry, a fleet, of, a fleet of tanks just drove by? Yeah, yeah. Do you think I'm a fucking moron that I don't know the difference between a, a, an, an earthquake and a fucking truck driving past the house? Like, <laughs> Have some sense, yeah, woman. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just say what? No, I was begging for it. <laughs> yeah, yep. Just okay. cut that bit short. So this is where, this is what I'm getting off my chest. <laughs> okay. Right? Well, I can't wait. Is this where you get Luke's back? <laughs> no, like, no, I'm not quite Luke's camp here. But <laughs> okay. I think that this proved that... Freddy just could not be scary anymore. The, the reason I say that is because the really good stuff from Craven, as far as unsettling and unnerving, has nothing to doesn't have Freddy in it. It's the way he shoots. It's what he goes for. It's the way he kind of manipulates the whole real life uh, movie angle, mm. um, dream not dream thing. Yeah. But, I think but Freddy, Freddy in this unfortunately, form. in this form, but but I think in general, Freddy was scary. Yep. Eighty four through eighty seven. But then he became not scary, and unfortunately, we lost. We kind of lost it. Well, see, I disagree slightly because I think Freddy could still be scary. He could, but I'm just right. saying, in the hands of the cut, the, the people who were, were were shepherding him at that, that at that time. Right, I feel like you're circling around in the hands of Robert England. <laughs> no, not Robert England specifically, and bro, we'll get to Robert. Robert. No, yeah, but the reason I mean, but it, I think they, they were shipping it this way. They were close. I think but, they were close, and then but the problem is, Craven, even Craven couldn't do it. Yeah, because, for example, well, when you for choose example, to put him in leather pants, for example, fuck things up from the you get-go. put the guy in leather pants, <laughs> you put him in high boots. Yes, I know you were going for a aesthetic and a look to Freddy that was different, right? But were you going for a good look? No, you <laughs> were a scary look. Robert England. Look, I'm. I am. There is no being a little facetious. I do love Robert England. I love him. I love him. But both. I think he like he, a brother. He, <laughs> Like, fuck, I yeah, grew yeah. up on the guy. The yeah. guy raised me partially with but JBJ he... and a couple of others. <laughs> my, my own parents Tim had nothing to do with it. Tim Busfield. Tim Busfield. Tim Busfield in the fashion department. Tim Busfield was my stylist. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, the problem with England was, and, and you know what? I, I don't want to say this. 
because I think people would howl me down, but I could have felt a recast here would have worked. Well, you know what I think because would have been better? you were talking about a different Freddy from a different mythology. This kind of feeds into one of my dislikes, is we just lose England. He disappears. Yeah, yeah. I actually think, and I've heard some, you know, ideas tossed around they about how it could have worked, but... You couldn't find him? But, he had become Freddy? But, no, I think you go with... Yes, it's Heather Langenkamp's movie, but I think there's room for him. Like, why do we not explore as much the impact that Freddy's had on him? Because he's in exactly the same boat. I mean, was there a chance to have fucking Freddy killing Robert England? Yes. That would have been cool. In a gruesome kind of manner, like some some kind of thing. And, you know, I haven't thought brought into it in the commentary like someone as, as clever as Wes Craven could have. Mm. But I feel like, because here's the example, right? Well, in the um, Never Sleep Again well, character doco, killing creator, you know? Well, like, in the Never Sleep Again doco, they briefly mention and show concept art for a sequence that Craven had written where. He's being driven in a van by Michael Berryman and he's cut his own fucking eyelids yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, why didn't we get there? Yeah. Because we didn't see the impacts of everyone else. We got the sense that, oh, yeah, Freddie's got an impact on Bob Shea, Robert Englund, and Wes Craven, but we didn't see it bar, oh, the look on my face when you say Freddie's in my dreams and you go, ooh. <laughs> or the look on your face when the phone rings. And yeah, and I'm like... This could have done with, like, when there was little bits of Freddy, when we're ramping up... We could have killed Craven. Craven. We could have killed England. I think that would have been great. Yeah. Especially, like, I I, I sit here and I think the parts that exactly what you're talking about, that Freddy wasn't particularly scary, the fact that Wes Craven turns up with his own eyelids cut off and we just attribute that to Freddy, I'm like, woof, that... That ramps up the, the yeah, fear. Up. And it builds the, the, the stakes mm. for Lane Camp. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a missed opportunity there. Yeah, I feel like the sequence of, of Freddy Krueger dealing with Robert England in some way is a big missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm not lo- knocking England, his performance here, because, I, I mean, he's not in it very much. No, and he is pretty... He's, he's okay. He's Freddy. okay. Again, he didn't write the lines. And he's not, he's not overdoing it. No. Like he'd done in previous ones. Yep. But one of the issues with Freddy, and, and this is where Craven falls down as a director, which I'm surprised by, yep. because his two, the two versions that he was previously involved in are the darker takes mm. um, from both a material perspective but also a lighting perspective. Those films are shot darker. They're, mm. they're, they're, they're lit differently. This one, when, when we hit the finale... It's overlit to the shit house. Yeah, like, yeah, your budget goes further if you're using less light, Swears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the electricity Fuck bill goes mate. And guess what? I can't tell he's got leather dacks on. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's a winner. We all win, Jared. We all win. <laughs> exactly. But it's a, it's 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 overlit. It doesn't create a lot of sort of scariness. I'm not going to lie. Using your tongue and wrapping it around someone's head is not particularly scary to me. Um, no, I didn't, long... mind, I didn't mind the the him stretching his head out to like eat the kid. Yeah, that that would have been again, cool. That was except for the into... tongue going. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was playing into the hair 
Hansel and Gretel. Oh my god, fuck. That was playing into the Hansel and Gretel, and then I think, yeah, the long tongue maybe stretches that a little bit to ridiculous levels. But not only that, I made a note that of that particular sound when he's when his fucking head opens and we get the <laughs> essentially he's going Lada <laughs> I can do everything but But then when the tongue goes out, we get a kind of it's not a circus whistle or a honk or something, but something like that. I'm like, Jesus, what do we need that? But also, when you stab that tongue and then it retracts and then you see Robert Eagle laying on the ground with a fucking full tongue. Yeah. <laughs> He's going... <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, okay. But this is what I'm talking about. These are things that I would have thought Wes Craven, as the creator of Freddy and being the person who always wanted to have Freddy in the shadows and, and not sort of not be on display, Yeah, he kind of drops the ball. A little bit. A little bit. I think so. Um, I, I would agree with and that. And then you've got his fucking giant arm. <laughs> yes. I mean, I didn't yeah, mind these the guys callback. are absolutely enamoured with that shit. I know. Okay? I didn't mind the callback, but again, you look at it and you're like, it doesn't look good. <laughs> Fellas, let's cut that one. Or use whatever you use for the tongue to make the arm move because yeah. the tongue actually looked, looked all right good. when it was moving yeah. and flapping about until he started going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what though? Yeah, what though? Fucking again, some some lower lighting. <laughs> We're probably in pretty good position, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So I, I also think, considering how over the top over the top that last little bit is. I also feel Freddy sort of goes down pretty easily. He does. He just he just he just catches fire and the whole place yeah. blows up. And I do, as I said, I appreciated the Hansel and Gretel parallel and the fact that it's kind of like you know we're kicking the witch into the oven and yeah, oh yeah. But it doesn't. But this, there needed work. to be a fight. Yeah, I felt it. like there needed to be a fight coming. In. I felt like some of the shit that Craven was spewing about the demon. Couldn't we have given a little bit of that to Freddy to talk? Yeah. Talk through. I mean, I don't love just spewing exposition, but we spent like Craven essentially just spent this whole role thirty seconds on camera just telling us exactly what <laughs> what everything was all about. I feel like if you're gonna get Freddie to chat, just stop the quips and maybe fucking yeah, go into that showcase. Who talk he about is. what Nancy what is to him or something yeah, yeah. like that. Or and unfortunately, when looking back at this and Freddie as and again. I'm not saying we can't make Freddy scary. I'm not saying that can't be done. But we then moved into the remake, which also failed to make him scary for mm. the same fucking reasons. Yeah. Everything was overlit. Bad design. Bad design. Bad I think there was particular and lines and stuff from Jackie Earl Haley that probably would have worked out all right if he was able to speak. Speak properly, <laughs> yes. Do so, things like that. all that stuff showcases that in the hands of other filmmakers you can run into the same issues. Yeah, correct. So it just it didn't work as well for me and I was a bit disappointed in Craven because I was kind of like, well, I understand this is a magnificent piece of production design, but you've got to put Freddy in the dark. Yeah, I think I think that would have worked better. Light it differently. It's like use some of the blue-ish lighting that we were getting, you know, when in the original Mad when Man Freddy's, style. well, when Freddy's walking down, <laughs> not Madman style, definitely not Madman style, as far away as you can fucking get from Madman. <laughs> um, but you know, when Freddy's walking down, like Freddy's walking down streets or corridors, and you would get like the smoke and the blue light in the background, yeah. so he would just be a silhouette. Yeah. Essentially. Why couldn't we go down a bit some of that? That, that would have worked perfectly. Some in of that some sort of, of realm. Stuff. And um, it felt like. 
I don't know, maybe it was a space thing because we didn't get a lot of shots of full body Freddy down there. We got a lot of Close. someone walking past and then a hand slipping into frame and yeah. Hmm, yeah. like things like that. So I feel like maybe they didn't have the space to be doing the long shots in the maybe. stuff. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I don't feel like that was the peak of, of Scary Freddy, which they were aiming to bring back. Yes. And they kind of failed a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but I, yeah, that was my last one. What you said before is Freddy just kind of dies with pretty easy, with not much to it. Mm. Yes, I understand. Like you were saying, it it, it harks back to the, the 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 Grimm's fairy tale and Hansel and Gretel and all that. Mm. And the whole yeah, the but whole it it didn't. It, it was. I mean, he just she really doesn't take him on. No, and I mean when she fucking belts him and says "fuck you," I'm like, okay, we're getting into that. We it's on. But it doesn't really go from there. No. So, yeah, I agree. Also, when he burns and turns into the demon briefly, briefly it looks kind of goofy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the explosion is also, I believe, CGI. <clears throat> yep. So, come on, fellas. Um, I only had one more dislike, and it's... Oh, I don't know whether to call it a dislike or... So, about the part where Johnny Saxon is... I thought you were going to stop me there and say, I will not have any anything said about John Saxon. But Be about careful. The part, about the part Be careful. Johnny Saxon comes and talks to her at the park. Yeah. Watching the full piece, it comes together, that reality and, and the movie are bleeding together and that he's essentially is her father from the movie. But at that point, on the back of seeing some of the other people and, and Bob Shea and that sort of stuff, just for a brief minute there, it felt like we were just playing the hits with the old actors. Yeah. And he was in a role he wouldn't have been in. Like, he, like is, is Johnny Saxon and Heather Langenkamp really getting together at a park to discuss no. things like that, even in the wake of, of her husband's death or whatever. Okay, down the track when it comes into, yeah, it's father and father and daughter relationship again. And I understand they're trying to mirror that even before, but it's just there was just a hint of... This feels unnatural compared to what's been going on. It just just stuck out a little bit for me. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Because I, I just couldn't imagine Johnny Saxon turning up and being kind of like the grandfather to the kid who, to this point, we're, we're not we haven't led been led to believe that he's been a large part of his life. At all. What, all, all I would have needed is a scene or two at the start mm. in the early going, or a phone call with Saxon. Yeah, stick him into the phone calls when she's getting the. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, he the rings. Prank calls. She, and he uh, makes he makes a comment about are we you know we catching up at the park this week or whatever you know so you kind of stating that he's around. Yeah, yeah it doesn't I mean, say it doesn't feel that way. Saxon, we first see him at the funeral. Yep. And then he and then the next here. thing you see him in this massive role in her life, it felt like that needed to taper up to, like if that comes after we've seen a little more of Saxon earlier or, or a conversation on the phone of. That he is in like a almost like a grandfatherly role to the kid. But he was having a renaissance, mate. He probably didn't have time. Correct. He was probably shooting He's a Tarantino shooting movie. Tarantino or picture. Or an Enter the Dragon. He's he? a retrospective or is interview. He or did, was he in a Tarantino movie? I don't know. I don't know. Ask Robert England. I don't recall I don't him recall being him in one. If I can... But I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put it past him. He's <laughs> probably in the background or some shit as well. All right. So is that all you had? That was it, yeah. Most for the most part, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, look, I, I certainly would not. I'd put this as number three. Yeah. Behind the original at two and number three. Yep. Part three at the number one spot. 
And look, I feel, um, you know, Luke warming up, kind of just, just putting an argument together yeah. to fucking drop on me over a bottle of Shivers <laughs> Regal or something. <laughs> or a couple of, uh, or, you know, 45 <laughs> beers and a couple of um, smooth-off ices. Or the an expectation of some Canadian clubs before he heads over the Esky and says, who the fuck drank all my Canadian clubs? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> But yeah, I would suggest that it is is it is pretty well regarded within the series. Mm. My book. So that was Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Oh, from dusk till dawn. So it wasn't. It was. A oh, that's right. Yes, produced. Yes. From dusk till dawn. Yes, that's right. And written. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That. Yeah. That's right. He's in a brief bit at the start with Kelly. What's her name? Travolta's wife? Oh, yeah, Kelly Preston. Kelly Preston, yeah. I thought you were going to say uh, Kelly Slater there for a minute, but he's got other things to worry about. <laughs> 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 All right, so you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and Instagram at ThrillMePodcastAU. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for details of the next film that we'll cover. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at ThrillMePodcastAustralia or contact us at ThrillMe, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.